In this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. You're not failing. You maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I have a very thematic last name, and I'm Evan. I'm a fancy cowboy on a train, and I'm Ronnie. If you can tell by those introductions, Ending Pending is a podcast where we discuss television shows which have only lasted for a single season. We are currently covering NBC's The Cape. But before we get into that, I've got a bit. Ooh, what is this bit, Andy? What are y'all thankful for? Oh, that was adorable, but also a little bit of a cop out. Let's be honest. That was a that was a very well. Fuck you. If you if you were a supervillain, what would your board game name be? Uh, here's I'll do you both. I'm thankful that I don't have to um, be a supervillain with a board game name. That's you're you you pointed the finger at me for a cop out, and that's your answer. <laughs> wow, that's. Uh, I think this is. I think this is good it's because pot calling a kettle right. block there. This time last year, Andy, I don't know if you remember, I don't but you asked the same Ronnie. question on Thanksgiving, and so I think it's good to reflect back and and maybe maybe we're thankful for the same things, maybe different things. We'll never know because none of us remember. Um, yeah, and we're definitely not going to go back and listen to that episode. So, nope. yeah, there's no one will ever know. This is like the, they did a, a personality study over the course of like 67 years on the same participants. And it turns out uh, literally everything about who you are as a person is unrecognizable between the time you're like 19 and the time you're like in your 80s or whatever. I bet. Aren't all of mm-hmm. our cells different, too? I don't think that's 100% true. Well, that's my uh, headcanon. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, think, my, I think there are IRL some... That's my there, You got some cells that, like, are completely new every, like, couple of weeks, but then some, some cells you keep forever, I think, is how mm, it works. The you guys are ignoring cells. my bit. <laughs> I came prepared. Um, I'm thankful okay, for the I'll, cells that just that just hang in there for the long haul. Um, and what would your board game supervillain name be? Um, I think it would be Stratego. Oh, that is, is actually pretty good. Which is, is actually good. a very good villain nickname. <laughs> yeah, no, that I think you won and right. we didn't even have an answer. Mine uh, is, be, excuse if, you, mine is Risk. Oh, that's good too. Also a good one. Um, Sorry isn't bad. (laughs) (laughs) Monopoly. Uno attack. Uh, Does it have to be like a classic Milton Bradley board game? No, it can just be a board game. I don't think Milton Bradley owns dice or risk or fuck dice or chess. So... For some reason, I thought Scrabble, and I'm just going to go with it. Scrabble is my, my villain nickname. My, my board game villain name is Don't Wake Daddy. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, That was a game, wasn't it? That was a great game. It wow. was. It was. That was a big hit in the, in the household I grew up in. Mm. I remember what, that um, one. That had good promotion. I never knew anyone who had that game, but it had great commercials. And great, it, the song was like, don't wake daddy, or something like that. Or something, not, or something like that. It was exactly that. I remember it perfectly. But, but what are we all thankful for? I'm thankful for you. Oh, I'm pretty sure that is what Also Evan a cop out, but. It's always true, though. I love you very much. How much? So much. Oh, well, that's a good answer. Um, I'm thankful that I have. A job that I like, finally, for the first time in an alarmingly long while. I'm thankful for our kitties, who I love very much. Cookies. I love cookies. You do love cookies. I love love cake. Mm, You do love cake. Can we get a cake for Thanksgiving, since we're just having it at our house and we're eating what we want? Yeah. 
I mean, we're going to have real food also. Like, we're going to cook actual food, but... Yeah. yeah, let's get a cake. Let's get a cake. Are y'all cake people or pie people? I'm, I'm, I'm a pie person, but Evan's a cake I'm person. I'm a very... Ooh. I'm a very cake person. Same I here. I, I I'm like, a pie person. Kirsten is, is very excited for that good, good cake. I don't particularly, like, have super strong feelings either way. I prefer pie, but cake is fine. But Evan cares very much about cake, so we typically sure. go for cake. I, uh, I don't dislike pie, but sure. for me, cake is like a 10 and pie is like a 6. Like, I enjoy mm. it. You know, if it's around, I'll have some. Cake is like a 5, pie is like a 7. Mm. I don't prefer fruit pies. Um, but my favorite cake is a cheesecake, which is technically a pie. So mm, that's true. My favorite I don't fuck with cheesecake. My favorite cake mm. is Boston cream pie, which is called a pie, but it is in fact a cake. <laughs> Wild stuff going on here. They're just playing real fast and loose pie with this. and cake discourse going yeah. on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm thankful for how horny on main Evan has gotten specifically for Nightcrawler. Oh, very uh, horny and very on main. A lot it has brought a lot of furry smut into my life that I, not like furry, but like now we fuzzy, know. fuzzy, Listen, fuzzy smut into my life that I didn't know I needed. Velvety smut. Uh, and fuzzy that's been, smut. That's been, that's been great. Um, I think I've just gotten a lot more sex positive in the past year and I'm thankful for that. Yeah. It's good stuff. Uh, also, I, I did make a post about Runon and Ithari, and Ithari being, like, uh, uh, a craftsman. I'm sure he makes some dope elven sex toys. Oh, I saw that. I was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, I'm thankful for canon gays and shit. Yes, I, sh- yeah. I really shouldn't be, Dra- like... Dragon Prince gave us some great canon gays. I shouldn't be sexualizing this too much, because it is a children's show, and this is a very dear, sweet, pure, adorable, like long-term loving relationship that two elves have for each other and they're gay and it's so great it's so good so i don't want to like cheapen that by being horny on main but the dragon prince is the tightest shit and y'all need to be watching this shit there's four queers like there are four queers in the cast well two of them are like only in a few episodes, but they're like empresses. They're like in charge of shit. And now there's like two, two main ass gays. And then two more. Which ones? Uh, General Amara and her new fire girlfriend, Amaya. They're not like confirmed queer. No, they held hands. I, I, I don't think that counts. Uh, holding, holding hands at the end of a battle and like lovingly resting your head on the shoulder of your big buff lesbian girlfriend counts. I, I'm not gonna, (laughs) given the, the, the standard so far of making out on screen. (laughs) Yeah. Like the two, the husbands like kissed each other, like in the frame, like fully, fully, fully on screen, fully mouth kiss, like. For several seconds. Uh, so I I will say it counts when like there's a kiss or a wedding or something. Jeez, let him go on a date first, babe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I was so excited when I saw your tweets about about queer elves, because I remember when we covered the quest, that's all you wanted out of life was was some some good, good gay elves in, in fantasy. And I was. I yes, was, I, I just, have brought. I have brought that up before. Yeah. There's there's no queer elves in anything. And now I have them. My my boys. You've done I love it. them. We're, Ronnie, living, we're living now. We've made it. Ronnie, what are you <laughs> thankful for? I'm thankful for I guess the space and the resources to find out more about who I am as a person. Yeah. Um I've got a I got this great house. And a great wife and a great new baby. And all of those things are just like helping me learn more about who I am. Um, and it's it just it, it's it rocks. Yeah. Aww. Go to go to therapy. Learn about you. Learn about new things about you uh, in your life. And uh, and, and treat yourself right. 
because it, it, it unlocks so many doors and possibilities and potentials, and it makes life for the people around you even better. Yeah. Oh, what a good sentiment, Ronnie. That was so sweet. Yeah, was, there's nothing was, funny about it. I wish I had like no, a funny thing, but it's, it's no, that, just, was, that it's, was very heartwarming. It's the truth. We can we can be heartfelt sometimes on this show. It's not just all me being horny on Maine. I'm sorry. Well, we're about to go into the Cape, which is a train wreck. So I'm glad <laughs> that this was like we had a nice little bit there. Speaking of train wrecks. Evan, are you ready to recap these episodes? Oh, boy, I guess I am. Which episodes Uh, of this show did we cover, Evan? Oh, we watched episodes three and four and five for this segment of our podcast. Uh, Episode three is called Cosmo, but spelled with a K and a Z. And uh, there's this guy, Gregor Molotov, because that was the only Russian name that the showrunners could think of. It's kind of <laughs> like how in uh, in the X-Men, uh, Pyotr and Ilyana Rasputin have the last name Rasputin because that was the only Russian name that the X-Men writers could think of in like the 70s or whenever they came up with those characters. Yeah, just the first Russian name that popped into their head is what they named the characters. So anyway, Gregor Molotov uh, used to... He's a criminal, and he was in prison, and he's out of prison now. Uh, he escaped. He didn't get released. And he used to own the cape, and now he wants the cape back. And so he has this, like, scheme, and he, like, ingratiates himself into the the Carney inner circle. And he's like, oh, hey, I know all you guys. Remember me? Remember all the good, fun crime times we had? Uh, I'm your buddy now. Uh, and then he, like, betrays them in an elaborate way and so that he can steal the cape. And they have a showdown where he, like, lures... He lures Vince into uh, trying to save the other carnies so that Vince will be right where Gregor wants him so he can steal the cape. And, um, of course, the, the scheme fails. And, uh... They put him back in prison and they're like, oh no, he's going to, he's going to be back. This is going to be a recurring villain, which he probably won't be because this show only got one season. But, uh, yeah, they didn't, uh, Vince didn't kill him. They just sent him back to prison. Um, also what's her name? Do we know her real name? The- Summer Glau. Yeah. Summer Orwell. Glau. She is, that's not her real name though. Obviously. I mean, we don't know for sure. Well, I be. mean, she could have real weird parents, I guess. But, uh, yeah, Orwell, or whatever her actual real human person name is, uh, she gets introduced to all the, the circus carny folk, and she's friends with them now. Uh, episode four is called Scales, and in it, the scaly man has slightly better uh, makeup than he's had in previous episodes. I guess they, like, fired that makeup artist and got a new one or something. Uh, it, it's still not great, but he's looking a little bit crisper. Uh, a little bit less gray and moist and a little bit more like he has actual scales. Vince is like trying to play this scaly man, this this scaleman who's also a criminal because of course he is. He looks like a supervillain. He's trying to play him and Chess against each other by uh, like telling the dude goes by scales because of course he does. He, he, like, tells Scales that Chess is doing him dirty in his import-export business or whatever and is, like, stealing money from him. And, uh, there's this... I don't know how the costume party on the train connects. I just feel like they really wanted to have a costume party on the train. Uh, but anyway, the, the scaly man confronts chess on the train and there's a guy cosplaying the cape there and the actual cape is there and at the same time also the circus is like trying to take over the train so they can rob it they're gonna like do a modern train robbery while all these rich people are on the train in costumes i guess it's halloween i don't really know there's a lot going on. The plot doesn't succeed. Chess and, and the scaly guy are both alive at the end of it. I don't quite know what the objective was, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, did the circus people get any money? 
this it, it didn't go well they like busted up the train and the train was like crashing and then there was like a runaway train thing where they had to stop the train and then uh like Vince had an opportunity to kill Chess but he didn't cuz he's like no he has to be alive so that we can do justice and then he'll be found guilty and then my name will be cleared and so he doesn't kill Chess and like then Chess gets away cuz yes like he has to save the train or whatever so I, the train doesn't crash and nobody dies and nothing really happens i guess there's maybe the circus people make money i'm not sure uh episode 5 is called dice and um there's this little girl who's like a psychic and they try to like explain this with science but it doesn't make any sense so the little girl's a psychic and she can see the future chess is like trying to use her to do like government surveillance basically he's he's trying to like predict the future with this strange little like mutant girl so that he can uh, she looks like villain. a normal person she, she doesn't like look like a mutant well no I but i mean like mutant, mutant as yeah. in like x-men mutant like yeah, she, she's, she's, she has power she's clairvoyant the twist is the the little girl because she can see the future and also uh, i don't know if she can actually read minds but she she knows chess's alter ego she's an adult now too She's no longer a little girl. Oh, it was a flashback. Yeah. Okay. She's an adult. She was I'm the person. Sorry. She was the person who's like, my name's Dice, and she like tried to blow Chess up with bomb dice, dice yeah. bombs. She's pulling a gambit now. But she her her name is Dice. Yeah. Yeah. And her and Chess make a lot of board game puns at each other. Yeah, and uh, the cape tries to learn to walk on a tightrope for some reason. <laughs> I don't understand what this has to do with anything, but there's a very, very long scene where it's very urgent that he must learn to walk a tightrope. And there's like some weird sex jokes in there because the lady acrobat teaching him to walk on the tightrope is like, I don't know, it's suddenly like Vince is married and has a child, but it's suddenly like he's 17 or something. And like, it's, I don't. I don't know. I don't know is what I'm saying. Like, I know that Vince is very concerned about keeping Chess alive to clear his name, basically. This little girl is, who's an adult now, is, I guess, coming after him because he, like, he, like, he did, her with science. Yeah, he, I was going to say he did experiments on her or something, and I don't know how she got out, but she's out now, and she's still clairvoyant or can see the future. And he's trying to make money off of the and, science he stole from her brain. Yeah, so she's coming after him as revenge. Yeah, he, he used her to develop some kind of, like, government surveillance or, like, did science on her brain. And They're trying she, to do a minority report with, like, logistics and knowing where crime happens before it happens yeah yeah are we done the recap yeah i'm sorry that show? was a very bad recap <laughs> i it was not a very bad recap it was what, fine <laughs> what i think it is is these were and hey ronnie how'd you like uh how did it work for you i think these are three very bad episodes of television and yeah, that's the yes. reason that we uh we struggled I, a little bit there i disagree Oh, do you really? I do. I have lots of reasons as to why they were bad episodes of television. These Um, were two very bad episodes of television and one all right one. I think I think I kind of agree, but I still have reasons as to why it was. Well, okay, there was one that I could explain the plot of clearly and two that I couldn't. So I guess that's your answer. Which which do you guys think was the all right one for? Let's say it on three. Ready? One, two, three. Episode the train three. one. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. No, it was the first one. I liked um, Mol- Mr. Molotov. Yeah. <laughs> I I thought the train was unwatchable and uh, <laughs> just just confusing and jarring. And goddamn, I could not piece together. That third episode, I could not figure out dice. I, I was just so distracted the entire time by how bad it was. Was it working for you, babe? Uh, no, no, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So are we saying that it did work for you, Andy? 
No, it didn't work for me at all. <laughs> One episode was all right, but the, okay, the other fair. two were that's fair. Were were I got very that. very bad. I had those numbers slipped in my mind. Okay, okay, just as long as we're on the same page. There. No, we're all on the same page. Gotcha. The cape gotcha. is is hot garbage, but <laughs> well, uh, speaking of hot garbage, uh, that's a terrible time to go into our ad break. Uh, but, <laughs> but, oh wow. We're going to come back and and talk about what works about this show. And you know what really works is we're, we're thankful for the Lunar Light. We're thankful for Lunar for Lunar for Lunar Light Studio and its family of products, especially this podcast that you ought to check out today. Guys, guess what? What's up? I know we've been looking for a great Overwatch podcast and I think I just found the perfect one. Another one? Do they do a ton of esports coverage too? Nope, they're filthy casuals, just like us. Okay, but are they like super boring jerks? Or are they really toxic, like a lot of the community? No, they're total friends, and they're really welcoming to both new and experienced players. Okay, cool. They sound alright, but are they like obsessed with Overwatch? I mean, it is great, but there are other video games. They're really making me work for it. No, in fact, they talk about a different video game every episode. Huh, maybe that is worth my time. What's it called? Overwitch. Like, like a magic spell switch kind of witch? No, kind of like which game you should play. Woof, that is not a great name for a podcast. Yeah, that's not It's yeah, not one. the best name. Just give it a try. He certainly wasn't missing from the game, but yeah, it's uh-huh. a fun addition. I want to talk about how this game tackles minorities. So he's not Torbjorn anymore, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, he's actually Torbjorn's little brother, Morbjorn. Overwitch is a proud member of Lunar Light Studio. Catch us every other Friday. Alright, so what worked for us about these three episodes of NBC's The Cape? Um, I liked the, the Russian man. I liked Mr. Molotov. Uh, I think he's got a much more interesting face than our main guy, which is a, a a petty kind of a critique, I guess, but he just, well, he looks interesting, you know, he's doing shit with it. Yeah. Um, uh, I, that, uh, plot made the most since I think he had the most, he had the clearest motivations. Like he used to own the cape, and now he wants it back, and that's why he's here. He's got to ingratiate himself to the carny folk. Uh, like there's a scene in it where our main guy is shirtless and wearing the cape and like training with it, and while it is very absurd, he's got great abs. <laughs> he does. He could grate cheese on those abs. <laughs> Um, uh, our our friend, uh, uh, attractive looking Russian man. Uh, speaking of pulling a gambit, uh, he does that. He does that with the cards and and uh, throws them into people's throats and chests mm-hmm. and stuff. Not that that's that gambit does that per se, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we got backstory on the cape and on Max. Yeah, is, I love I love yeah. Max. Max should be the main character of the yes, show. One hundred I talked about we that did. last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we got even more of his backstory. He's a fucking dread pirate, Roberts, and uh, this this new villain, Cosmo Molotov, or whatever is Molotov, whatever his first name is, Gregor Molotov. Gregor Molotov. Uh, there's this identity of this master thief named Cosmo that Max used to have and Max was training Gregor to take his place and be the next one in this long line of master thieves named Cosmo uh, who used fucking like carny magic to steal shit and Gregor was out of control so Max had to betray him and send him to jail and then he retired he, he took the cape back from him and like retired it and now He's hoping that Vincent will be uh, something new, something better than what the identity of Cosmo was. And this whole shit was so good and interesting. And I was like, 
all about it. And then it was just like done in exposition. And I was like, cool show. But what if you were about that shit instead of this other bullshit? This we have? Is. Yeah. Right. It reinforced my idea from last week that Vince Faraday is not the protagonist of this show. The cape, it's the, the physical cape is the main character of this show. That's like, a fair assessment. I it, think. It's just through through it all. It, it is a MacGuffin. It is the main character. It is like the best love interest of the whole thing. Like, <laughs> um, I feel like this episode should have been before episode two. Yeah, I was going to ask, do we have any reason to believe that these episodes are out of order? Because there was a lot of like, you know, you sure are getting obsessed with that cape and that. But it was. Episode two, where they took the cape away from him because he was too obsessed with the cape. This feels like lead up to that decision. Yeah. And also there was like a lot about legacy and Max took the cape away from someone else who didn't deserve it Mm -hmm. and shit in this one. And it was all really good shit, but it was like coming off the heels of episode two. It didn't quite jive the way it should have. I love all the carny stuff. I love the Carney yeah. aesthetic. I love Max. I love this weird band of criminals. Like everything, even when it's not particularly good, just like sort Unique. of the Yeah, it's interesting. It's sort of the aesthetic and the I don't know. I don't know if ethos is the right word. Just the idea of like a crime carnival with all these weird characters kind of living in the sewer with their brightly colored tents. And it's just fun. It's just a good, cool, interesting, like, framework to have characters existing in. And it's very, like, they do, of course, they come back to it. Like, Vince hangs out with the carnies. But I I can't help but feel like like both of you guys have pointed out that, uh, like, I want the show to be about the carnival. So... Yeah, it it feels very like Neverland, Lost Boys. It's yeah. very cool. Sure. Um. So in episode four, our 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 the Great Train, maybe robbery, maybe shooting. Who knows? Um. I what I enjoyed about it was just that like. I did not see it coming. I should have seen it coming. I guess I wasn't paying attention close enough that like the heist that the Carnival of Crime was planning was on the train. Um, like they talk about like, oh, you know, don't get in on our plans and you don't know where we're going. And, and it's them. Like, I thought there was like a good angle there to be like, you know, this is Vince's big moment to like really have everything come clean and everything's working into place and everything's. You know, the the plan is working only to find out that, like, the people who are his quote unquote friends who trained him, they're there and they're there for a totally different purpose. And I just like the idea of all of these moving parts kind of intertwining with each other, but all of them having these different goals um, felt interesting to me. And I think they did an OK job of it. I don't I, I was able to follow it somewhat. Um, but it did get dicey. It did. Yeah, it got, it got, it turned into a a fruit salad right there at the end. Yeah. It was diced and it was thrown into a train and then the train went off the rails and then all the, you got your chocolate and your peanut butter and everything was happening. There is definitely an interesting dichotomy that this episode almost played with of the fact that like. Vince was a soldier and a cop, and now he's a vigilante, but the only friends he has in the world are criminals who have no intention of stopping their fun crime hobby. (laughs) And, like, this episode almost played with that in an interesting way. I don't think it quite did, but it almost did. Yeah. It almost had something to say about it. I think it brings it to the foreground a little bit. Because yeah. like, we, we saw we saw them like do crime in the first episode, but then we haven't seen it for three episodes. So it's like, are they just clean now? Like, are they just carnies who spend time like as the the basically like, you know, Morgan Fox to uh, Vince Faraday's Batman? Like. But no, they're still doing crime. And, you know, don't forget that. Like, that's still their their racket. Um, 
it made them, you know. Did you mean Lucius Fox and Did Morgan I say Freeman? Morgan? Oh, I mixed yeah. up Morgan Freeman and Lucius Fox. You just combine their names. Classic mix em up. The cape has a fanboy um, on the train, which that I loved. That like, was cute. I yeah, I agree. That was that was a cute. character that we I never thought we would see again. It's the character in episode two, I guess, the director of prisons for the county or this the city, um, who is saved by the cape. Um he runs into the cape in full costume, and he's also in full costume dresses the cape. Um and it, it's not like a oh my goodness, you're the cape, like, let me get your autograph. It's like, is something going on? I want to help, because I want to be like you, the cape. Like, it was, they make a joke later that the director of prisons wanted to be your Tonto, and I was like, that's that's fun. It's fun that he had a little <laughs> sidekick for a little bit there with an aluminum foil like uh, uh, bow staff. Um, uh, I was concerned that this dude was just a random citizen i mean like i know he was the guy from before but like that's a little uh wild of a guy who used to be both a soldier and a cop to be like sure rando yeah you can come with me on this dangerous mission yeah let's this is fine you're not in any danger surely here's a real live (laughs) just hands him a gun (laughs) also why the fuck does the cape have a gun you're a superhero with a magic cape i mean to be fair i have remarked before that there are superheroes who and i know this is not the point but there are superheroes who would be just objectively more effective if they also had a gun like angel for instance angel's Beautiful and perfect. <laughs> Don't you dare give that boy a gun. Okay, yes, but well, all he can do is thing. dodge things. He can't do any offensive anything. As we, that's not true. <laughs> anyway, as we about to get into the worst episode, uh, one more positive for previous episode is I like that the cape is magic. Yeah, and I love that. That is fantastic. Its backstory is absurd. Apparently, it belonged to Merlin and, at one point, Jack the Ripper, which is bonkers. But I like that it's just a magic cape, and it can do whatever the fuck it wants to do or needs to do because it's magic now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a science spider silk cape. It's just fucking magic. Yeah, it's just magic now, and I'm here for that. I kind of want it in D&D, please. I'm sure you could homebrew that. Yeah. Episode five. Fuck this episode. Do we have anything positive to say about episode I, five? This episode was fucking incomprehensible. Like, so, so why don't we start our, so this I have an almost work. positive. Okay. Okay. That works. My almost positive is that it almost just straight up introduced superpowers. It almost did. Scales yeah. is kind of on the line. Like, he's a weird crocodile man who might have super strength or something. Maybe not. Like, is he super powered or is he just, like, a weird dude with a real bad skin condition? I don't know. But, like, this episode almost had someone with superpowers. Yes, yes. And, and so it almost gets a positive. Almost. Yeah, but they tried to, like, explain... Oh, That's sorry. why it doesn't yeah. get a full positive, because okay. they, they, they then took a shit all over it with their weird science... Stuff. So here's, I have like so many negatives that are like overarching negatives of these three episodes and and the show at large. Why don't I like give a positive that I can like then transfer into a negative and then we are in that section. Cool, 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 cool. Can't wait. I have a real big negative that I want to get into, but let's let's, get into it first. Yeah, feel free to jump in with me. Um, You do it. So. I actually found Dice, though that's a bad name, and, like, the way that they, like, showed that she was very intelligent was this that she could guess, you know, a 2 through 12 number on two sets of dice and every time, and it's like, wow, what a, wow. Um, I found her, like, backstory and, like, even the thing at the beginning where she says, like, you're going to kill my father and then I'm going to kill you. Like, I found that interesting, like I, I, there was there was definitely some meat there. There was something to do with that. And even like all of her, like knowing exactly when she was going to be where and the only variable being 
when um, the cape would show up and, and screw things up. I found that interesting, too. The problem is, is that the cape kept showing up and screwing everything up. And here and here's my primary thing. I think this show that is called The Cape would be significantly better if it did not include the cape. Mm -hmm. All of these characters, like the Carnival of Crime, and even, I mean, he's he's very bland, but chess and dice, like, these are interesting dynamics. I'm super annoyed whenever Vince Faraday shows up to intervene. intervene. Because I'm like, no, 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 what is happening now is far more interesting than, like, whatever do goody justice you want to administer like you're just like you're everywhere like we know you're gonna be there just the right moment to save the day and it's just like i don't i'm not here for it it's so like his job at this point is strictly like we've andy we've talked before on videos about like the joker and should batman kill the joker like the the joker commits heinous acts of murder and terrorism should Batman kill the Joker? And I don't the think there's, yes. The answer is absolutely yes. But you can have an you can have a conversation about that. This show posits like, well, what if the like, what if not only did Batman not want to kill the Joker, but he didn't want to do it because the Joker had to clear his name from a crime? Like, he, not only does he not want to kill the Joker, but he has to actively work to keep the Joker alive. Like, also. Vince is just really bad at being a superhero. Yeah. Like, he, yeah. he saved one person's life. Maybe. Like, like, the dude in the military surplus store. Like, that's the only person I think he's rescued. Everyone Basically. else has just been people he's been putting in danger. Or, like, he's been rescuing Chess now, like, yep. three episodes in a row. Yeah, yep. he's not actually doing superhero shit. He's just, like, using this as a tool to get his life back together. But yeah. This is his midlife crisis superhero. He's just stalking chess. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I, I just, it, I don't know. Every, like the, the train episode, I think the train episode would have been real fun if it was just, you know, chess versus scales. And then in the background, the carnival of crime was kind of like pulling the strings of the whole thing. But, they have to throw the cape in there. And I'm like, you don't add anything to the situation. Like you are, you are taking away my attention from things that are interesting. I don't, I don't want you here. <laughs> it's, it's so, I don't know. Or well, at one point is like complaining to Vince that like you, all you think about is like your family and getting yourself back together, which like probably should be the motivation of Vince. Which makes him a bad superhero, but also a bad character and having a bad story. Like, I don't like I almost I don't want the, I don't want them to fridge his family. But like, I almost want that to be taken off the table because it's it makes him so weak and so boring. Yep. I got no argument against any of that. Yeah. Anyway, there's way more. But but someone else can can take the reins. My my main thing, like my whole deal, is that I just cannot care about this. Like, this is an extremely vague, overarching complaint, but I don't connect to any of these characters. Uh, like, besides maybe Max, and he's, like, not an active enough participant in the plot that... I, I really am, like, into the show because of him. I don't think Vince is interesting. I don't think Orwell is interesting. I don't think Chess is a good supervillain. I don't care about Vince's wife and whatever job stuff she's going through. I can't like her because she was a willing participant in naming her son fucking Trip. <laughs> yeah, what kind of a name is Trip? What sort of monster? Anyway. <laughs> Bad times. Trip is also not great, because, like... Kid can't act. A, a kid can't act, and when you can't act and you're being bullied, it's, like, even more sad, because it's like, 
I think this kid is this actor is actually sad. Like, I think he's just like method acting to the point where he's thinking like, oh, I remember I got bullied one time. And it's like, I don't want to see this this 10 year old cry on my TV about real life stuff. Like, I, it's not that I don't care about his journey. It's just that, like, he's not a good actor. And it just really bums me out to see, like, all of this, like, stuff happening to him that, like, doesn't have to be happening to him. Also, if you were 10, did you know the name of any serial killers? Like, how do these kids know <laughs> that his dad was this, like, apparent serial killer? Yeah, I like, I had no concept of current events at age 10. So even if somebody had been like, so-and-so's dad is a serial killer, I'd have been like, that's the fucking stupidest thing I've ever heard. You're lying. Like, Also, maybe don't pick on the kid whose dad... Is a serial killer. <laughs> yeah. Maybe find someone else to bully. That is true. I mean. You befriend that kid. Yeah. Just in case. So this this show has nothing to do with Vince Faraday. It's all about this protagonist, which is a, a just a material cape and the creation of a supervillain known as Baby Chess, uh, who just <laughs> murders classmates because he thinks his dad was a bad guy. So my my big complaint is how incredibly awkward and weird the tightrope scene training montage was. So, like I I I genuinely don't is, I genuinely don't understand what the tightrope had to do with anything. He needed to use the tightrope to ch- save Chess's life because he knew Dice <laughs> was going to kill him using an elevator of methane gas, and so the only way he could get up there was to tightrope across. Here, but here, but here's the thing. At so, one point, so convoluted reason why he needed to learn. Why it. not just but like then, hand over hand, like I don't you, know. Like, you have a magic so, cape zip line across it. Like that's that's a very, very fucking good point. true. You can just zip line your way across. So at anyway, one point, at he, one point he falls off the off the line and he like uses his cape to catch it. And I'm like, it's a mad like just slide across. Like why didn't you do this from Jump Street? I don't. So he he. Needs to learn how to type rope, so he he gets Max to convince uh, this like attractive trape- trapeze acrobat lady to like to teach him how. Raccoons or no, did own a raccoon. Yeah, but then it got hit by a car. Which why would you put that? Did they just not have access to the, the raccoon, raccoon anymore? Because the raccoon it? was fantastic. I love that raccoon. Yeah, the ra- raccoon was great. Anyway, so she's like teaching him how to do it, and I don't think her outfit is particularly that. Sexy, yeah, like it's, it's pretty standard circus. It, folk it, it's fair. it's standard like acrobat flair. It's like a singlet and like a, a real like poofy big tutu and like tight leggings. It, it it's maybe flirty, but I would definitely not characterize it as sexy or revealing at all. And Vince is like tripping over his boner. While, like, trying to type rope walk. Like, he's just jaw slack, like, stuttering and sweating. And everyone's, like, making jokes about how uncomfortable he is because he's up on the tightrope with the sexy ballerina. And it's like, what is going on? What is this? Yeah. It was bizarre. It's like, one, Vince, you're married and obsessed with your wife. That's literally the only shit you've been talking about is wanting to get home to your wife and your kid. And two, she's not, like, seducing him. It's not like she's doing something to make him uncomfortable. She's just being a professional, trying to teach him how to do a task. And he's just making it so weird. I gotta it was- blame it. I gotta blame it on the actor. Because I, I don't, like, in, in this kind of a situation, and it kind of is this way, but I don't feel like the writers take it this way. She is the woman. Of the carnival of crime, like that is her her role. She is yeah, like her the personality, feminine person. Her personality she, is girl character. Yeah, she I, she is the Smurfette. She's the only woman right. who's had speaking lines in the carnival. But I don't feel like the writers in this scene are like doing it like ooh a woman ooh like if I look back at the lines, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like it's just the body language of Vince that makes it so so painfully awkward, like. It could just be you're super afraid of heights and you're like six feet off the ground and, you know, oh, I'm nervous. But it's like he takes that nerves and is like your hips. You want me to touch your hips like he makes it 
to be like, oh, she's a girl. What do I do with a girl? Yeah, like he's made a child. We we know that. Yeah, he's not he's not 17. It's it it's and again, she's playing it straight. If she was like teasing him and like coming on to him a little bit while they're like high up, I can get the like uncomfortable like Vince's straight edge and like this woman's flirting with him who's not his wife right. and he's uncomfortable about it and he's high yeah. up. Whatever. But that's not what it was. It was like she's trying to help you, dude, and you are making this so weird. They almost like try and make it like a will they won't they. And it's like you've already got a will they won't they with a different character that your wife that you're obsessed with. Like And he's got a will they won't they with Orwell. That's what I mean. Like you have like, yeah. all, like for someone who is like trying to dearly get back to his wife and child, there's a lot of women that he's like, mm, the tension, huh? Ooh, this tension, which brings me to Orwell um, to say nothing of, of what's her name? Summer Glau. Summer Glau. I, I don't think she's doing a particularly great job, but I think out of all the characters in the show, she has the absolute least to work with. Yeah. Um. She is just computer. She is computer woman. Um, yeah, I think they were trying to be subversive by like, it's a girl hacker. Yeah. She's a lady who does the computer, but they had no idea how to build a character out beyond that. They no, were just like, no. and like she, she does technology. So lady hacker is not subversive because literally that's like literally what every single thing does because it's like, ooh, this woman, she'll be here where it's safe because she can't, you know. The, the literally the movie hacker is about a woman who's a hacker like it it goes deep you say um, that and yet every time a, like a a computer a computerman a computer person is revealed to be a woman in a piece of media i feel like that uh, is played like it's a big deal but that's what i'm saying and it's like, it is it is expected to be subversive. It's not subversive. Like we have Felicity well, yeah. Smoke. We like we have Oracle. Like none of this is like real. None of mm-hmm. like it's 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 all like manufactured. Uh, but what is also manufactured is every single element of every single scene between Vince and uh, Orwell. Like every time they're with each other, there is this bullshit amount of conflict. That doesn't even like it's not like it leads up. It's just like we enter in res and they're fighting with each other. I don't trust you. Well, I can't trust you. That's it. It's it's, every single episode. And it's so like like you have no chemistry as it is. Don't make me want to watch you less by the fact that you're like spatting at each other for no like he comes at her hard of of like, oh, you know, who do you think you are doing all this stuff? And it's like. Bro, she's done nothing but save your life and try and make your life easier. Like, cut. we've yada yada over so many stuff just because Orwell is going to turn off cameras or whatever. Like, let's give her a little bit of respect. But also, writers, can we give her a little bit of respect? Like, it's it's so bad. Poor Summer Glau. Let her go home. Let her go home. She just, just let her be, be. Let her be done. She probably just wants to be a photographer or like. She she's a dancer. That's how she got exactly. found. She just go. wants to be a dancer, and she just, keeps getting pulled into these shitty TV shows. Yeah, I, I am like so done with. There's not like a relationship on this show that I'm like excited to see play out. What the fuck was up with Dice? It wasn't good. Quantum physics. She's a savant. So if she just had... She's, a, she's just smart. She can see into the future because she's smart. If she just had superpowers, that would have been so dope. And instead it was just like, oh, she runs probability. And it was just like, no, just give her give her superpowers. We've got a magic cape. We can have superpowers now. It's so disappointing. There's so much available here. And... We spent so much time building a relationship between the the main characters, the protagonist's son, and the protagonist's wife's new boss. Like, why are we here? What are we doing? Yeah, that whole bit where he was sitting on the floor outside their house and the or their apartment, and the child was grilling him on the law, but was like insistent that he not come in the house because he's a strain 
That was that took up so much time. It was very strange. I couldn't figure it out. And then he was eating like fruit by the foot or something. And I was yeah. like, what is going on with this show? I like there was a tiny nugget of I get it in there in that the kid wanted like affirmation. Like he asked one specific question where he was like, how do uh, innocent people prove that they're innocent? And the lawyer's like, well, they don't uh, like other people have to prove that they're guilty. And like, you know, if if nobody's proved that you're guilty, uh, then we assume that you're innocent. And so like the kid is like heartened by this, by the idea that like his dad, you know, as far as the law is concerned, his dad is innocent. Here's the thing though. Like we learned all that in episode one, a nine year old learned that from a freaking superhero from a real comic book. What nerd nine-year-old is like, yeah, I know that Superman literally told me my dad's okay. Let me ask the defense attorney from Palm City. Let me get a second opinion on, like, what are we doing? Like, we don't need this. Even even so, like, I would, like, what I'm saying is there was something there, but... That was an extremely long... It wasn't even a scene. They kept coming back to it. This is a series of scenes where the man was sitting in the hallway and the child was talking to him. That's the only nugget in there that had any kind of bearing on, like, the plot or the character's emotional where development or mom? anything. Stuck in traffic. Okay. The work... Like, also, such bad plot devices. Everything can is we, a bad plot device. Can we please stop with the comic book? Yeah. Oh, I have another. I have another query. I hate that the cape is a comic book in I, the TV show The Cape. When so both parents do this, but the the dad opened the comic book and started reading actions as though it were a novel. Like the cape swept through the night. He looked down from the rooftop to the. You know, he was like. Describing the actions in exactly the way that comic books don't. So right. I was like, is this like an extended narrate? And then they cut to the the comic book page and there is no narration on the comic book page. He's just, I guess, just making up narration like the child's not blind. The child can see the comic book right in front of me where right in front of him where the panels are illustrating what is happening but the dad is for some reason narrating it with presumably his own inserted narrations. And then the mom sits down and reads the comic book and does the exact same, like clearly written by the same writer, like narrative descriptions of the comic book pages. And I was just like, this is bizarre. I would almost buy it as being a quirk of like a thing that the dad did to narrate the comic book panels, but like the moms now do it. It's, it was but like, it didn't make any sense. It's a real thing. Like I, the, the foster children that we used to have, I, I took the girl one day to, um, the, uh, the comic book shop nearby and she picked out a comic and I was like super excited about it. It was like super fun to do that and, and experience that with them. There's no way to read a comic book to somebody. Like, like I, she would constantly pick out the book and be like, let's read this. I'm like, there's no, no, put that back. Like, there's no, there's no good way to do this to someone who doesn't really understand. Like, you need to wait yeah. until you can read and then also understand like, uh, like thought bubble order and configuration and, and then maybe yeah. enjoy linear it. time, which order to read the panels in. Exactly. You know. It's a bad time. I, I, you know, all, all to, to Andy's point, this comic should not be like such a big part of the show. Mm hmm. I hate it. It's terrible. So we, we we've watched we've watched six episodes now. Um, no, we haven't. This, we've watched five. This is Nate's fault. Nate did this to us. <laughs> God damn it, Nate! We can't say anything bad about Nate because Nate made saved our asses this. last episode. Quiet. Do not do not blaspheme, Nate. Fuck you, Nate. Oh gosh. Kill your gods. Nate actively listens to this. We joke a lot about like making fun of like Matthew Mercer and Matthew Mercer logging on and be like, I think I'll check out ending pending. Oh no. Like Nate is going to listen to this episode. Matthew Mercer's a dumb bitch. And oh no. Nate, Nate did this to us. I'm sorry, Matthew Mercer and to the entire cast of critical role. I love you guys. Y'all are I'm, great. I'm, so, I'm anyway, sorry to Nate. <laughs> I'm not sorry to Nate. This is his fault that we're watching the Cape. 
All right. Well, we look oh. forward to Nate joining us next week to speak for his sins, uh, for his high crimes. Um, <laughs> and until then, these five episodes of NBC's The Cape, uh, Evan. Yes, are, Ronnie. Is the whole thing, is it working for you? Nah. Andy. Yeah. All these five episodes of The Cape. Is it working? That's going to be a no for me, Chief. Uh, I get you. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. What do you think of these five episodes of NBC's The Cape? Are they working? These five episodes of The Cape are not very good, and they are <laughs> not working. No, they're bad. I'm I'm bummed because I was like on the you, Cape train. Yeah, you were I was hard taping on for board. the Cape. I was hoping there would be some some little nuggets of good in there, but I've thus far far been disappointed. It's just it's just like I don't care about any of these characters. I care about Max Molina, Malini, Max Molini, and we don't get enough of him. And he's still like there's just some the ma- shit there. He's there's just still. Some- there's some nuggets, Ronnie. There's some nuggets. I, I understand. But he's still just like the magical black person who like is going to make it all better and everything fine for the white. So boring protagonist. All right. Well, tune in next week. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Maybe tune, it gets better. Maybe, tune, maybe this is this. is. We have to remember this is only episode five. Like we're not even at the midway point of the season yet. If it doesn't get better, I'm just going to be making Velociraptor noises at Nate. That's fair. It's going to be. I hope for, Nate listens to this for 45 before, minutes. I hope Nate listens to this before agreeing to be on next week, so that we can, <laughs> so that he has a full transparency into what he's getting himself into. That's yeah. it. It's going to be the whole um, episode next week. Uh, so until next week. Uh, if you want to follow us, you can follow us on Twitter at PendingPod, on Facebook at PendingPod, on Instagram at EndingPending. Send us an email, recommend a show to us, <laughs> although nobody who has done that has ever done it again because they, lear- <laughs> they learned their lesson the first we time. Sh- we, just, uh, we just make fun of them. We I'm eviscerate so every show that anyone's ever sent us. Uh, is Sir Nee can, doing okay? Whatever happened to Sir Nee? I know. I wonder if Sir Nee's still... If Sir Nee, if you're still with us, send up the clarion call. And to, if, uh, you're, if you're not, we understand and we're sorry. We get it. Yeah. If, yeah. if not, you're not listening and you know what? Fair. Um, <laughs> but if you are listening, send an email and anyone can send an email if you're still listening to pendingpod at gmail.com. We've been doing Is everything. There anybody alive out there? <laughs> We've been doing everything we can to scare off listeners. So, listen, we've been doing too good. The, the, All the, our the, good the... content is hidden on Patreon. Oh, oh yeah, you should check that out. It's it's Ronnie, it's, we've 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 played ourselves. We hit all the good shit. Ronnie, I left a a lot Ronnie in last it. week. <laughs> um, yeah, patreoncom slash HQ. You can get uh, lots of good bonus content. Um, you can get the Lunar Light Heist. Yeah, we stole all of it. We stole it all. Annie and I uh, went through every show on Lunar Light Studios, and they belong to us now. So if you want to get to be a guest on uh, Bad Advertising or on Deck of Friendship or on Overwitch, uh, you got to contact us because we own those shows now. Whoops. Whoops. It's real fun. It's real great. It's a little, it's a little, if you like our, our drunk episodes, uh, this is a little, it's a little like that. tipsy. It's a little tipsy. Um, and you can get access to it for just donating as low as $1 a month on, uh, on patreon.com slash lunar light HQ. Uh, even if you donate $1 for this month, listen to this hour-long episode, and then rescind that donation, you, you get to listen to that content. But you shouldn't do that. There's lots that of great content you, that you should stick around douche, for. That makes you a douche, but you can do it. <laughs> I can. don't know if that's the case, but it's 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 worth it to stick I around. I don't know. It's fair. Although it's all, worth- of our, all of our raunchiest and 
most random material ends oh, up on yeah. Patreon. So real ribbled. The the real, real thirsty stuff ends up on Patreon. If you think Evan has been horny on Maine on on the Twitters, you don't know nothing yet. <laughs> Look, Tumblr is um essentially non-existent now so i need a main to be horny on fair if you thought if you thought the the disagreement we had about who would top between santa and the grinch was was a little over the line (laughs) and and maybe maybe inappropriate that was was before we were on patreon that shit needed to be behind a paywall (laughs) (laughs) wait till you see what's on patreon yeah That need to be on, behind a paywall, not so that like we could get paid for it, but just so we could like prevent a majority of people <laughs> from hearing it. <laughs> oh man, oh. yeah, that's tame compared to what's uh, what's on there now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if you uh, do go to uh, patreon.com slash lunalatehq and you hear just the dirtiest, nastiest, raunchiest stuff we have to share, just do us a favor. Don't tell Pawn Shop Lou. Don't tell him. Maybe tell him. Maybe uh, maybe he needs it. Maybe he'll leave us alone. Maybe he's lonely and he just needs to hear something dirty. I don't mm. want him to hear don't me like that. Dirty. Don't tell him. Don't tell. I don't, don't like it. No, maybe, don't. maybe tell no. him. No. When did you become such an advocate for Pawn maybe, Shop Lou and his, and his horniness? Make sure he consents to hearing it. Like, make sure he's like into that sort of thing, but then maybe tell him. Don't tell Pawn Shop Lou. Don't, give him, don't do g- it. Give him a dirty do little it. secret. Don't do it. I'm 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 do digging it. my heels in on this. Do not tell Punch <laughs> Up Lou. No, I think he wants to hear it. I think Punch Up Lou is dirty enough as it is. <laughs> I don't know. I I you know what? Jury's out on this one. <laughs> don't tell Punch Up Lou. No, maybe tell him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stopping. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> tell him. Fucking tell him. You coward. Lunar Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay.